podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash something new. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You should totally do it. Are you working on something new? This is a language. Why don't we just sit and read this and see what the whole is? Photography comes in as we And so I don't want to provide after Fear is something that only exists in their work. I just see it as, I guess, yeah, I guess we are brave. Um, but I, I see it also as like, when you're going to stop looking for this and other people are going to start with like, more than myself. Exceeding what you Yeah. Does that mean that's excessive? We're drinking wine. We are drinking wine. This is the first podcast episode. Good. Yeah. Did you record it? Welcome and thank you for joining Something New, a musical theater podcast, where I, Joel B. New, invite an exceedingly talented friend over. We chat a bit, and then we learn and record a song from one of my latest projects, which we end up premiering right here for your listening pleasure. In sync, one direction, well strung. Today's guest artist is an accomplished vocalist, actor, and violinist. A member of the highly acclaimed all-male string quartet Well Strung, he has performed to sold-out crowds at Joe's Pub, Ars Nova, 54 Below, the Art House in Provincetown, the Leicester Square Theatre in London, House of Blues in New Orleans, Feinstein's in San Francisco, and more. As a musical theatre performer, his impressive credits include playing Tobias in the first national tour of Sweeney Todd, directed by John Doyle, Rich in The Last Cyclist, Off-Broadway, Toby in Minotti's The Medium, also off-Broadway. Charlie Brown in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Charlie in The Big Holiday Broadcast of 1959. And Oramel Howland in The Great Unknown at Nymph. Obviously, I'm talking about Edmund Bagnell. Edmund Bagnell, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Having fun? Oh, my God. I mean, like, it's Friday night, and we are having a blast. <laughs> we're drinking here. No, we're not. No, no, no. God, <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, so thanks for being on my show. Of course, my pleasure. Yeah. So um, so I asked Edmund to be here because not only is he just incredibly talented and nice guy, um, and just vocally and, uh, and actorly, but he also has this special skill of playing the violin and doing it in a group and uh, <laughs> with choreography and um, and they and they do pop songs. So I want to first I should you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't announce the whole band. Oh right? sure, sure. So um, so you're the first violinist. That's right. Now what does that mean? Uh, first violinist, you know, this is going back to just the classic string quartet setup. You've got two violins, viola, cello, uh, and this also gets kind of the orchestra set up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first violin tends to play a little bit higher, mm-hmm. all the high E string, the high notes. The mm-hmm. second violin. Uh, tends to be a little lower than the viola, giving you kind of. I'm stealing this from our violist Trevor. He says uh, the viola is the B arser <laughs> voice in the group. I love that. And then a cello, you know, the bass to round it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your first violin. Yes. Uh, second violin is Christopher Marchand. That's it. And uh, your cellist is Daniel Shevlin. And violist Trevor Wadley. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, they're all such great guys. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I'm an only child, and uh, we have been together for two years, but we spend so much time together. It's like three brothers. Like, uh, before, I didn't really get what that meant. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, 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 I get it. Like, we know a lot about each other, and uh, we live together, and we... Were... Wait, you all live together? Oh, uh, well, well, on the road. Okay, on the road. yeah, we... but that's... And when we yeah. were in Provincetown, we lived in very close quarters. 
very close calls. <laughs> well, how how did this all happen? Uh, that's a great question. We get asked this a lot. Uh, it really started with Christopher Marchant, who was um, doing another show in Provincetown, I want to say like four summers ago. And he would busk on the street playing his violin. Um, and shirtless, our, no doubt. Shirtless, no doubt. And he drew quite a crowd. You've got to go online and Google him, Christopher Marchant, and you will, you will, you will see the wonder that is Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was, he was playing the violin on the street, uh-huh. and our producer, Mark Cortale, saw him playing on the street and had this great idea that they should put a show together. Uh, together they came up with the idea that it should be a string quartet. Uh-huh. And then uh, it kind of involved evolved into this idea of um, covering pop songs, covering classical. So when we first started two years ago, we were putting together this workshop for Ars Nova. And at first I was like, wow, what, what, what have I got myself into? Because it was this very undefined space. You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We had some arrangements by the fantastic David Levinson. David Levinson. He worked with. He's awesome. It's fantastic. And, um, you know, so we're, we've got these arrangements, and we're like, okay, we think we want to sing on top of them now. So it's like this, like real, like come to Jesus moment of how do we make this happen? <laughs> and um, it was really, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of woodshed. You know, really trying to figure out what our groove was, how we're going to make this work. So we did this Ars Nova workshop. We had sheet music out, and um, it went over so well, yeah, so yeah. well for what I think. Not that we were proud of what we were doing, but to us felt like this very new thing, and we still hadn't quite felt like we had settled into what it was we were going to become. Uh, and then um, Donna Drake, who was our director, pushed us to that next level, and um, we had a Joe's Pub gig mm-hmm. about two months later, I want to say, and at that point, everything was memorized, and she gave us this fantastic movement, which which people really are into, the fact that we're not just sitting in four chairs. It's we, fascinating. It's yeah. Just, she keeps it no, it's, it definitely keeps it alive and oh, keeps cool. you, you don't know what's going to happen next. And, you oh, know, it's cool. just, it's really, really exciting, especially when Daniel straps on that cellist, <laughs> cello backpack <laughs> thing, which is insane. It's, it's I mean, so it's insane cool. that you're all moving around and singing and playing instruments. And yeah, it's... Um, it's like a new age. That's right. That's right. So I, I think at this point, we, we've... Joe's Pub, and, and since then, you know, we, we've actually gone much further in kind of honing what it is, our product is, and everything. And, yeah. And... Um, we're in the works of developing some new rep now, which is always really exciting and a challenge, but uh-huh, it's uh-huh. exciting. It's great. Um, so talk to me about how, you, how you've picked your rep so far and how, how collaborative a process is that for you guys? Like who's all in the room when that stuff's being uh, determined? Sure. Uh, you know, truthfully, you know, when I first joined, it was pretty much set. Um, okay. And then last summer when we started picking new rep, we kept a little bit of the old. So that was yeah. that was kind of there. And then we, you know, discussed kind of songs we liked. This year, we're, it's all, we're throwing it all out. We're starting brand new. Wow. And, um, you know, it's the four of us. And, uh, you know. We started with what we want the theme of the show to be. We're kind of really picking a theme this year. Oh, cool. And uh, we're naming our show. We're calling it Popsicle. Nice. Which is a combination of popular, as in pop music, and classical, like classical music, so Popsicle. Very, very nice. <laughs> because, and, and we're really trying to uh, push this idea that music is music this year. So we're really putting surprising combinations of classical with pop songs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I won't get too much into our selections are, but I think it's really going to be a fun show. Um, but we hem and hawed, and, you know, we're, we're, we are putting on a show, so we kind of want the arc of we're trying to think what will an audience sitting there for an hour enjoy. Do you guys do any mashups or anything? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, 
we've been doing this fantastic mashup of Kelly Clarkson with Since You've Been Gone, which Daniel Shevlin, our cellist, arranged. Which it is a, I, I love that. It's one of my favorites oh, that you cool. guys do. Yeah. Oh, cool. We, I always love doing that one. It's so fun. And um, we're going to push that concept even further this year. Good, of good. Of just like mashing classical pop back to back, weaving in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Is it important that you pick classical pieces? Now, obviously, you know, pop songs are popular inherently, and so people know those songs. Do you find yourself gravitating toward classical tunes that that most people are pretty familiar with as well? You know, in the start, we did. Yeah. And um, those certainly went over very well. Um, But, you know, we found that people who might not know the classical music rep at all, like at all, will be like, wow, I really love that. Dvorak, which is a little bit more obscure. You know, I really, I would, you know, this is no judgment on anybody, but I really wouldn't expect a lot of mainstream America to necessarily know this Dvorak quartet we're playing. And uh, people really are into it. And I I think that has to do with just the whole format of the evening. You know, you you get, you know, these pop songs that you know very well. And then you you get this kind of like breath of something new, but it kind of just slides right in there in in this very interesting way. So this summer I think we're 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 really picking rep classical rep that we just like and we think is really fun and that yeah. other people once they hear will be excited about it too. So were any of you purists as far as like classical or pop? Like how much of those other reps were were either reps foreign to you particularly? Uh you know, I I think for me, you know, I've grown up playing classical violin. Um yeah. Since gosh, second grade, so it's been it's been a while. It's been a number of years. I won't say how old I am, but it's been a little while. And um, you know, I've never been an absolute diehard classical fan. Not that I dislike it. I mean, I respond to it very much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's what I went to school for and everything. But um, you know, I wouldn't also say I'm a diehard popular music fan either. I mean, I certainly love turning on the radio and listening to the top forty and everything. How important is is it to you that you are incorporating classical music into your sets as well as pop? That is important. That's a that's a great question. Um, you know, it, this has been going on since for like the last hundred years that like society has been saying classical music's dying, and uh, you know this has been like you can look at articles from like 1909, you know, saying this, you know, just people aren't going anymore, you know, popular music's taking over, and you know, I guess I might, I'm sorry to admit that might be true. You know, I mean, we're really kind of. You know, we just locked the New York City Opera, which is terrible because so it's wonderful and you know, all these great classical institutions. Um, so we think it is important to present classical music. As in, see, this really is listenable. Like, you can sit there and enjoy it, and it's not this, like, serious, f- brow-furrowing evening that you're necessarily expecting. I mean, yeah, sometimes it can be, but, um, you know, it's music. It, it was fresh when it came out, and there's no reason why it can't be fresh now, so... And I've noticed, you know, I, I've been I've been to you know a few of your shows, and you I like that you each get moments to shine individually, um, especially you know you have um, in in old reps, and you've always done Edge of Glory, which I think is was really great. Oh, thanks. Was that your choice to do that one, or um, no? I was given that song. Um, you know, I'm trying to think back now how that song evolved. David Levinson did the arrangement to this, and he had this really uh, he he he. With that song, he took a different take on it. It was not like a strict transcription of, I'm going to make this sound like Ladies Gaga, Edge of Glory for Strings. Yeah. He had this more like ethereal, dreamy kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then I think I really liked what he was doing. So it's like, what if we take the first part slow and really turn it into more of a ballad? And then anyway, it, that that's one that um, kind of evolved over yeah. 
I would say the course of two months, and then it kind of became what we do now. But that over time, yeah, grew. looks really special. Thanks. And it made it to the album. Yes, yes, it did. Which, uh, which you have an album. Oh, that's right. Should I say that? We, yeah, we have an album. <laughs> <laughs> we have an album. It's on iTunes, so you can check it out. Yes, it is. And um, let's see. I was I've been listening to it nonstop this week, oh just gosh. in <laughs> anticipation. I'm I'm a big fan. Oh, thanks. Um, who's your favorite classical composer? Oh, I, that's easy for me. I love Mozart. I just yeah, <laughs> I, I adore Mozart. I think he's so um, great with melody, and I think you know I I kind of love opera. I kind of love the idea of his opera. You know, you know the powdered wigs, and it's a little mm-hmm. Mozart has this great sense of humor. So what I really like about his his instrumental stuff is it also sings. You hear that voice coming mm-hmm. through in the melodies that he writes, so that really appeals to me. And who's your favorite pop star? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions. That's a hard one. Well, you know, I'm really liking Beyonce's news album. That might be a little cliche. No, but... no, I'm with you. I I still can't stop listening to uh, it. Obsessed, obsessed. Yeah, just yeah. beginning to end. <laughs> um, how does... No, I want to talk about your background. Sure. How does being a musical theater performer work to your advantage with Wellstrung? Um, does it? I assume it, it does. You know, I, I think hopefully it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because Wellstrung is performing. It's not acting, but it is performing. So you do want to bring a sense of that. Playing the violin, it tends to be a little bit more. You want to stand and play so that you are going to be the most technically precise. Uh-huh. Um and we, not that I'm saying we're not technically precise with Well Strung, but we really kind of let that go. So oftentimes just to sing, like I have to hold my violin a little bit lower just to open my mouth, you know what I mean? Which is like absolutely a no-no in like classical land, but right, just to right. get it out. But, you know, you want to you sell these songs. You want to really make them a little dramatic and uh, have that extra little flair because you're putting on a show. So How does being a musician... And not that musical theater people aren't musicians, uh, we are. But how how does being a classically trained violinist make you a better musical theater person? I think it might make me a little more anal. Um, so you're, you're observing more of the. So you're, so you're not a freestyler, backphraser. Oh, the guys will say I'm a big backphraser. They'll let me. They'll <laughs> say stop backphrasing. That, that's actually like my. <laughs> that's my personal favorite to like be a little behind the beat. But what are the perks and the uh, the challenges of of the well strong lifestyle? <laughs> you know, I have to say, the more we tour together, I think the better our groove gets. Actually, yeah. Um, I think we might have had more hiccups right at the beginning, but. We know if somebody's grumpy to just let them lie or, you know, <laughs> to let somebody go to their hotel room for a few hours while we go explore a city or not. You know what I mean? Or yeah, we yeah, all, yeah. It, our, we've got a good dynamic. It's a good relationship so far. I like that. And you've, you've toured as, with a musical before. Mm-hmm. And so what's the difference between touring on a musical and touring with Wellstrung? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know... That so my I toured with Sweeney Todd and that was, you know, it was a production contract. It was a first national Broadway tour. Um, you know, we had dressers and hair people and uh-huh, uh-huh. you know just Very kind fancy. of all the lovely stuff that makes kind of being in a Broadway show, just you know, very lovely. Not that you know an eight show week is just just grueling. Just. You know, I never really knew until I did Sweeney Todd. I'd done eight show weeks before, but just like a year of eight shows a week is just like 
You know, yeah, it, it's it's really you, it puts you through your paces. Um, well, strung, we do not tend to do eight shows a week. I mean, pretty much every weekend we tend to be in a place, but maybe we'll do two, three shows. So it's a little bit. Uh, more detox there, but then I have to say, then we're also spending more time traveling. Though we're, okay. you know, we're often you know flying and flying and flying, and sometimes a chain of flights, um, and you know it's a little bit more. You know, I'm not going to say it's like the rock band in the van, you know, <laughs> hauling their own amps. You know, it's it's I guess you know we're a little maybe a little past that, but still it's a it's a little bit more. You know, we're all kind of pitching in and yeah, yeah, doing yeah. these things. We played a variety of venues. Sometimes we can be in like um, a lovely theater like the Bucks County Playhouse, you know, which has all this you know brilliant staff and just you know it's everything's taken care of. And then you know we can be in a you know slightly different venue that's not used to and it, you know it's a little more hands on. But I think um, it's been a fantastic learning experience just to try all these different venues and. Do you have groupies yet? I think we, <laughs> I think we do. We were very excited, actually. Um, <laughs> we came across this YouTube video by um, this made us feel this like made our night. I can't <laughs> tell you. We were we were in Mexico uh, for the past two weeks, and um, we were on YouTube, and we found this video of three teenagers who had found a video of ours on YouTube doing Kesha's Your Love Is My Drug. Yes. So they filmed themselves performing our version of Your Love Is My Drug. We like died. We were like, ah! They were like lip syncing to it? Yeah, or? they were like lip syncing to it. We, like, we like died. We died. We are like, we are like Beyonce now. Like, you guys. <laughs> you made it. Did you ever, did, I mean, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think you would be rapping while playing violin? <laughs> Never. Because that is a really fun track. Never. Yeah. Here's something. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. When, when I was in college, you know, you, you talked to I – so I was a violin major in college. Okay. And um, you know how programs bring in different lecturers to talk about the business and mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, the theme was th- they would always bring in some musician who had done some, like, interesting thing. And, um, oh, gosh, I'm going to forget his name. But it's, it's – uh, it's the guy who contracts a lot of the Broadway shows. Okay. I forget his name, but he had a very interesting story how he came to do that. And then they brought in, like, a flutist who brought in, who, like, freelance, but now she does, like, new age music. And then this other violinist who, like, fiddles. But they all like, these, like, very surreptitious stories how they ended up to doing these, like, things that they were, like, very prominent in their field in doing. And, um... I'm suddenly feeling that with Well Strong. Not that I'm going to say we're like, we're like such a big deal or anything, but it's interesting because it's something I never pictured myself doing. Yeah. And, um, but I'm kind of – it's like my full-time job now. So I'm kind of like, what is this weird path that I took from <laughs> pursuing musical theater, pounding the pavement, to like I'm in this string boy band? So we, we, we touched upon the fact that there is choreography. Um, when did that come to be? And, and – um, what what is that rehearsal process like? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, the choreography came about. We were doing. We're about to do an off Broadway run in New York about a year ago, mm-hmm. and um, we had all felt, you know, the quartet, Mark, our producer, and Donna Drake, our director, that that would be something that would really take it to the next level to get us just truly like up and moving we move but like to really get up and just deliver a song just kind of moving continuously so we we picked a song that um didn't have vocals on it at that point but 
it was a great song. It's Bruno Nar- Mars, Bruno Mars' Grenade. And uh, we knew it really well. We were like, this is a good one. It kind of yeah. wants to move a little bit. It's got that energy. Um, so we learned in about three days. <laughs> and Donna, you know, she's this fantastic. She was in the original cast of A Chorus Line. And she's, she's dancer extraordinaire okay, and okay, everything. Okay. And um, <laughs> not that we're, like, doing splits or anything. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she came up with, you know, string string choreography. And uh, it was it was really fun to learn. You know, the first few days, it really was you know, patting your head and rubbing your stomach kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, once you didn't have to think about it, it was, it was really fun, really, really fun to do. We all had a good time with that. And uh, like you said, Daniel got to wear this amazing harness that his cello was suspended on his belly. It's like a Bjorn for the cello. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> so I would say in the evolution of our shows, our first show was a little more theatrical. Um what we were doing about two years ago that was a little bit more theatrical not that we had like a plot or anything but I think the sensibility of it was a little more based in a theater place yeah. there was um, a lot of talking a fair bit of talking yeah. a fair bit of talking we when we were you know getting this new rep and everything we mm. wanted to try doing more of a concert feel not, we still talk yeah we still talk but there was kind of this fourth wallness um, that we weren't crossing with the original show so much. Uh-huh. This last show was much more direct to the audience, talk to the audience, talk to the audience, talk to the audience. Um, and I think that's a little bit more the style that we're pursuing these days. Yeah. But um, I think we want some fun movement for our show coming up this summer. Oh, I'm so I excited. I think we want some, like, cool... Yeah? Yes. It's um, going to be cool. Do you guys have any... Pl- do you think you guys will ever, like, play with anybody else on a stage? Uh, add some more... Well, you know, um, gosh, uh, this certainly appealed to the theater geek and me. Um, <laughs> we, we got to go to 54 Below with Joanna Gleason, who is the original Baker's wife, yeah, in, yeah. Into the Woods. And um, she incorporated us into her one-woman show, and it was just amazing. amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah. It, no, it, it was, like, sold out, of course, because Joanna yeah. Gleason. And it was yeah. like, uh, but um, it was great. I mean, she really incorporated us into... So we like were singing with her, backing up, and then we kind of would get a feature, and they were playing the strings, and she really like kind of wove what we did into her evening, and it was really special. It was, oh, that's cool. so neat. And she's she's just lovely. Yeah, and you've hilarious. worked with her before. I had, I had, and uh, in a, a play she wrote. She's got a great sense of humor. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> that dry <clears throat> delivery that we all know that she has for. Give me a quip like in Baker's Wife. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just that is her. That is her. The way she can just like crank the comedy out. It, she's hilarious. Do you have any advice for my listeners who are actors who also play instruments? Just... Oh my gosh, what's my advice? Um, <laughs> my advice is because I feel like I guess I'll set this up better. Um, because I, you know, I'm I'm not in the acting pool, but I see, I, I notice that there are a lot of, obviously there are shows that call for actors who use, who play musicians and who can do both simultaneously. From, sure. I mean, just, I, I guess, would, would you say that John Doyle probably started that trend? I mean, if you want to look all the way back to the 70s, my, I Am My Own Wife, which Joan Gleason was actually in, I know huh. there's this moment where like the pit came on stage and all running around and stuff. I mean, it's, it's got an interesting history going back a little bit, but John Doyle definitely like put it on the map. And... Uh, I think this actually gets a little ties back into classical music as in like, you know, these days when everything's so slick, you know, we can all make pretty nice YouTube videos ourselves Mm -hmm. and put it out there and, you know, digital graphics and, 
you know, auto-tuning and all these things. I think we're at this age where when we go to see a live performance, we actually kind of like to see who's making the sound. So even if it's just like, the, you know, this trend of like putting the band on stage, that right. was like a big thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And and my thought was just, you know, if it's under the pit, the audience kind of almost thinks it's like this pre-recorded track. It's true and, these days. Yeah, and there's something like really cool about just being able to see that is who is making this music. And yep. I, I think it informs the evening a little bit more. Like, it really is kind of an art that you're seeing, this very special, like, yeah. all these people are it's putting like together seeing puppeteers. And totally, seeing, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then and then I think then this trend of, I mean, yes, it's, it's a little bit cheaper. Yes and no. I mean, yeah. you know, for Sweeney, uh, you know, they, the musicians' union made sure that we had to get paid twice. So we got paid as actors, and then the musicians' union demanded, since there was no pit, that we also get paid as musicians. Oh, so, so you're a member of local. That's right. Nice. Eight oh eight. Yep. Um, but yeah, don't give it up. I mean, practice. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Keep it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I play a little bit of clarinet, and you know, and then I'll get called for an audition where suddenly I need the clarinet, and I'm like, I haven't touched it in <laughs> eight months. <laughs> you're working on your new set with Wellstrong. Mm. Uh, are there any other hints you can give us as to what you guys have, have gotten go- going on? Oh, gosh. Well, um, you know, I think we're doing a little bit more of a, an eclectic mix. I think most recently we've tried to really keep our pop songs pretty recent. And now we're opening ourselves up a little bit more to – we're not going terribly far back, but um, to some pop songs that we really love – from like 80s, 90s. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do some boy band songs because we just have to. I was <laughs> curious because I, um, I was listening to the album with, you know, with great intensity and I, I was like, well, they actually haven't done any. I, like there's, is that, is that, was that a, a choice to make at one point to be like, you know, we're not yes. going to do boy band songs. That's right. At first we were like, let's avoid it. <clears throat> but now, um, now that we've been together for a little while and um, this show is really going to be a little fun. It's kind of talking about what's well-strung, who we are, and uh, the music we like. And, and we're, we're making fun of ourselves a little bit. Like, what are we? Are we a, are we a boy band? Are we a string quartet? Are we a, a man band? Because we're, we're not 18. But <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, he, here comes a fun surprise for you. So, so I did some, some Googling, and I found um, an old quiz, an old quiz fr- uh, from... Tiger Beat magazine okay. from the 60s. Oh my god. <laughs> and this is a quiz that was given to the monkeys. And so I wanted to ask you some of these Tiger Beat questions. Groovy. Yeah, as a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, a, as a boy band member. Okay. <laughs> I thought you'd like this. I'm obsessed already. <laughs> All right, question number one How would your mother describe you in one word? <laughs> Oh, well, Mary. Some of these are really great. These are so 60s. Oh, I love it. Marianne Bagnell would say I'm nice. I think she'd say I'm a nice boy. Oh, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, question number two What is your favorite flower? Uh, you know, I actually have a really ready response to that. I like gladiolas a lot. What are those? Um, They're like really, they're like kind of like a, they sound ugly when I describe <laughs> it, but it's like a stalk. Okay. With lots of like little shoots of flowers coming off of okay, them. Okay. Kind of like a late summer flower. 
Uh, I know a lot about <laughs> gladiolas. Um, <laughs> Google it. We'll have a link to, to the gladiola page. I'm selling bulbs also on my website. <laughs> <laughs> this kid does it all. Um, what is the most insane question you've ever been asked? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> I'm sure you guys do a lot of interviews. Yeah, we do. The most insane one was, if you could only have sex with one person for one year, who would it be? We didn't answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, If you could change your name, what would you change it to? Oh, wow. You know, well, um, I might have to go to my my fake ID name from college, which was (laughs) Seth. Seth. Okay. Okay. I don't know. You know, it was like early 2000s, Seth Green. I don't know. It seemed kind of like <laughs> a little alternative. But. You're so know. cool. Um, this is fun. What word in the English language do you wish you had invented? Ooh. <laughs> it's a wide, wide, wide world of words. <laughs> Um, you know, for some reason, I keep going to, like, the French words. Yeah. But mayonnaise came to mind. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's, like, <laughs> it, like, rolls off, the, <coughs> rolls off your tongue in a nice way. <laughs> it does. It does. I, I distinctly remember that Davy Jones's answer was groovy. Oh. Oh, yeah. well. So, there you go. Yeah. Groovy mayonnaise. Um, what do you miss about your childhood? <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I miss um, summers. You know, summers are lovely now as an adult, but I think there's nothing quite compares to being like a kid in the summer. In what hour of the day do you function best? Oh, I'm definitely, maybe it's because of show schedule, but uh, night, later night. Really? That's when I come alive. That's when I go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's when I'm like, hello, world. (laughs) Um... What is the main fault in your character? Ooh. Um, you on the couch. Yeah. Wow. I, I think... Um, it's a very intense quiz for Tiger Beat. Yeah. I mean, it's the 60s. I guess, you know, psychoanalysis and stuff I was guess. going I on. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just remembering, like, JTT and Devin Sawa. Like, I don't think they got these kinds of <laughs> I know. I know. Um, uh, I Maybe I... You know, I'm actually I'm par- I'm fairly um, even keeled temperament wise, but mm-hmm. when I get mad, I get really mad, and then it takes me a little while to come down from that. Okay, might hold on to it a little too long, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if your bandmates are listening to this, and <laughs> agreeing. <laughs> they might have seen a few outbursts, but just a few, just, just a, a few. few. <laughs> oh, what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, I really liked history. Yeah, it's history a lot. Yeah, world or American or just all of it. Maybe American history, but European history too. Too, but yeah, American. I don't know. Americana appeals to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, where would you like to live? Well, I certainly love New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, where would I like to live in New York? Sure. Uh, let's say the Dakota Building. <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, what in the world do you least desire? Wow, you know, I wish I could least desire money. You know, I wish that could be, I wish that could be an yeah. option. Um, <laughs> While you live in the Dakota building. 
Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. But you need that. You need yeah. that. So that's the thing. Maybe I've been able to change careers um, in business school. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I might say I don't particularly desire fame. I mean, you know, that's a weird thing to say as a performer because it's, it's a little bit... It's almost inherent. It's in inherent. And then fame guarantees or can help with a lot of things. Um, but I don't, I don't really desire everybody to know my name. But I do... I do um, like the idea of having a steady career, so... Two more questions. <laughs> right. Who was your favorite historical figure? FDR. Had a lot of integrity. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, FDR. <laughs> <laughs> and your last question. Finish this sentence. Happiness is a thing called... Music. Very nice. That's a wonderful way to end this interview. That was very, very nice. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you liked that. I want that. to hear your answers. Um, no. No. <laughs> well, when you're on <laughs> my podcast, which does not exist. <laughs> we'll do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll post my answers or something. Now comes the fun time where we introduce the song. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so Edmund was kind enough to rock out to my new song, which is called Scared to the Bone. Uh, it's from a possibly new show, which I'm tentatively called calling Shiver, a new musical. Um, thank you. The song is accompanied by Ivan Oriana uh, on acoustic guitar, and he was my first guitar teacher. And he was so nice to come and do this and rock out. The reason I wrote this song, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a spec song. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm very blessed that a lot of my projects right now are in these lovely holding patterns of um, things that are possibly on the horizon and so I can't um, or I, I don't want to touch them right now. Oh. I'm like, alright, well, I want to write something for Edmund. So oh, thank you. I, I love do? this song. I love this song. Thank you. It's thank so you. Cool. It sounds really great on you. Oh, thank you. So it was fun. <laughs> um, and I wrote it all on guitar which is very fun and uh, for me because I've um, still... Let's see these calluses. Yeah, he's, you know, I mean... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Guitar hands. Uh, it's magical. Of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Shiver, this new musical, uh, is based on the German fairy tale, the story of the youth who went forth to learn what fear was. Um, I'm also uh, exploring Siegfried, which is the third opera of Wagner's Ring Cycle. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's It's... Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? That's awesome. Right? I, whoa. <laughs> I mean, why, why not? I'm like already hooked. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, so I wrote this song for Edmund. Uh, it's a spec uh, I want song. Um, just kind of giving this character who's, you know, more or less modern day, um, who just, he's just not afraid of anything. And um, he's going to sing about it. Uh, remember, if you like Scared to the Bone, it's available for free download on my SoundCloud page until the next episode. And if you'd like to request sheet music, you may write me at joelbnew at gmail.com for a free PDF. Be sure to uh, follow me on all things social media, and you may find all of those links on joelbnew.com. And while you're there, feel free to click on either the Cafe Press or Donate links on the podcast page, uh, because any and all contributions go toward producing this podcast and are supremely appreciated. Uh, make sure you're visiting wellstrong.com and edmundbagnell.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a there's a hyphen in wellstrong. There is, well-strong. Well yeah. yeah. Um, so don't forget that. Uh, make sure that you're liking them on Facebook. 
Um, do you guys tweet or anything? Gosh, I'm so, I'm so not a tweeter, but yes, Chris and our group is great about tweeting. Okay. And um, our YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. Tell your friends all about it. Uh, special thanks today to Peyton Royal at Website Lines, Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics, uh, today's accompanist, uh, Ivan Oriana from New York Guitar School. Uh, please check them out, nycguitarschool.com. And um, the people who hosted us today, Ripley Greer Studios, um, the the guy John who hosts, who helps uh, manage the recording booth and the sound uh, voiceover studio, Ripley Greer, was super nice today. And so I highly recommend that if you have any voiceover work, um, please check them out. They're, it's it's a really simple process here. And um, yeah, yay Ripley Greer. Um, and finally, um, Evan Bagnell, thanks so oh, much for thank doing you so my much show. show. This was such a blast. <laughs> I had a great time. I'm glad. I was not expecting that. <laughs> you weren't expecting that. I love the question. You like that? You yes. like that? Cool. Um, from Ripley Greer Studios, this is Joel B. New. Edmund Bagnell. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. out all the lights not me not me I've got courage galore I want nothing more than to be scared to the bone out of my wits I want to be scared to the bone all the glamour and glitz of being panic stricken in a cold cold sweat Will I ever get scared to the bone? I know a guy who is deathly afraid of dentists. I know a girl who is deathly afraid of chins. I know a kid who can't watch a second of the sitcom Full House cause she's afraid of Michelle portrayed by the Olsen twins not me not me fear's not taking its cues my body refuses to be scared to the bone Scream like a girl, I wanna be scared to the bone Make my hair curl, see something so horrific It'll make me pee, yeah, I wanna be scared To the bone, a heart palpitation With acceleration of my breathing a private collection of bilo erection. Yeah, goosebumps sure sound great. 
I can wait. My dad has never looked closely at my condition. He thinks I'm lazy, but really I'm kind of bored. I'm not like him, and not like my brother, who believes being brave is when death looks you in the face and looking back's its own reward. Not me, not me. I can't scream, I can't cry. It's no wonder why I can't be scared to the bone. Blood running cold, I want to be scared to the bone Act the way I've been told to act when something scary Says to fight or flee, yeah I want to be scared Scared to the bone